Come on, you believe in God for something right now. Right now. Now faith is. Let's thank God that the word says what things, whoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them or they'll come to pass. Come on, let's just thank God. We have what the word of God says we have right now. Thank you, Father. That's why we praise you, Father. Thank you for, for providing the gift of salvation. We received it and we're saved. Thank you for providing the gift of healing. I thank you. We received it by faith and the healing power of God's working mightily in our minds, and our will, our emotions, every cell in our bodies are filled with life, health, and strength. Thank you, God, for wisdom. Oh, Father, we believe we receive wisdom for every decision we're getting ready to make. Those working with doctors, Father, we pray over them. We thank you that they will operate in a skill that is supernaturally heavenly because your hand is directing their hands. Thank you, Father, for right diagnosis in Jesus' name so things can be specifically dealt with. And, oh, Father, we just praise you for all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do in the days to come. Amen. It keeps coming to my heart. I don't know if you guys know this song. It, no matter what the weapon is, I know that we win. Something like that. No matter what the weapon is, I know. What does it say? There's a song. Key, I know. I, I know. Right till there. Um, no matter what the weapon is, I know. Huh? Y'all trying to make up words, trying to help me out. <laughs> well, no matter what the weapon is, go have a seat. <laughs> it fit this morning. I uh, just couldn't quite get it. Oh, it's okay. All right. Well, God is good. Wow. What a fresh praise and worship this morning. And, and uh, you know, sometimes you need, you, we need an environment that, challenge us and encourages us to to sort of get out of our personality sometimes and and you know people might not think it takes all of that but I thank God we can express ourselves before God and we could just thank God by praising him and thanking him that all of our needs are met oh no matter what the weapon is I want you to know that I win Yeah, that's right. See, whenever I forget something, I always say, uh, it's coming to me. <laughs> I got the words, praise team. Um, but let's go ahead. We're, this is communion uh, morning, first week of the month. Again, it is March. Wow. And uh, what, 77 and 80 degrees. Any of you get a good walk in lately? Yeah, take advantage of that time. But we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about, since last communion, uh, we, we had little different things happen in a service or two. But um, we're talking about the ordinance of communion instituted by the Lord. This wasn't just instituted by the church. And we've been talking about, well, we're talking about the two elements that are, are paramount in, in the communion which is the blood that was shed for us for the remission of sins and the body that was broken for us for the healing of our bodies and our minds. So let's look at this. Communion is 
taken in remembrance of what Jesus did in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's a Christian ceremony in which bread is eaten and juice is drunk that we are showing the devotion to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we do this first. Seek ye first. We're going to keep God first in all of our lives. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And beginning in verse 16, it says, The cup of blessing of wine or juice at the Lord's Supper upon which we ask God's blessings. So you're going to receive blessings today. Does it not mean that in drinking it, we participate in and share a fellowship or share a communion in the blood of Christ the Messiah? Well, yes. And the bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it, we participate in and share a fellowship or a communion in the body of Christ? Would be the answer. Well, yes. For we, no matter how numerous we are, are one body because we all partake of the one bread, the one whom the communion bread represents, and his name is, come on now, and his name is Jesus. John Wesley said it like this, I am to show that it is the duty of every Christian to receive the Lord's Supper as often as you can. What does that mean? Can I take communion at home? Yeah. If you've got something staring you down, a, 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 you know, some sort of challenge, or like Kurt was saying, mountain, that mountain's cursed and removed. But again, if, if, if you don't talk to your mountain, your mountain's going to talk to you. And I'm not just talking to myself. I'm, I'm bringing the scripture of what I'm standing on whenever anything contrary comes to my mind. I, I said, no matter what the weapon, I want you to know that I win. And so... <clears throat> Jesus' command to receive communion was given by the Lord himself, and, and uh, he was just about to lay down his life when he gave this ordinance. Can you imagine sharing communion uh, of what you are getting ready to do in the torture and the torment and the chastisement of our peace and being wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him? And with his stripes, we are healed. He, he was getting ready to do that and, 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 and serve. He knew he's just, get, just about getting ready to be um, rejected uh, and betrayed. And um, <clears throat> so it wasn't like, it, you know, he, he just knew his purpose. And right before he died, he gave us these elements to remember. And they are, as it were, his last dying words before he went to the great passion of the cross. So what does it mean to participate in communion with the blood and body of the Christ? We've been working on that. It means that we remember what the blood of Jesus did for us, and we remember what the bread of life did for us. So Sunday should not only be the only time we fellowship or commune with God. God wants a relationship. God wants to fellowship with us. Say, How do I fellowship with God? Well, you just, in your reading of the Word, you're fellowshipping with God. In your prayer times, you're talking to Him uh, as a person because He is. Thank God for the Trinity. God the Father on the throne. Jesus in a glorified physical body at the right hand. And the Holy Spirit here today to indwell us. And greater is He that's in us and He that's in the world. So we can even ask the teacher of the Holy Spirit, help us understand these things. So Sunday, again, should not only be the time we fellowship with him, it should be a daily thing. 
The Word of God needs to be a what? Daily thing. I really hope you've gotten into the pattern of your devotion, uh, and you do that every day. <clears throat> I have uh, just a routine I go through every day. And so it's good to be consistent because really to be a disciple, you need to develop these disciplines of hearing that word, getting in that word, and, and whatever, whatever area you might be going to, through, find, find maybe a devotional on that or a book on that, and you read along that line. <clears throat> I, I like this, and, I, and again, I got this from Amy Taylor. She said, the Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. Isn't that good? Oh, my goodness. I might as well go ahead and talk about it. Joseph. Joseph had his, his, his birthday uh, on the 28th, and we celebrated, and we got this carrot cake. Oh, my goodness. Taste and see. <laughs> but it, it's dangerous. You know, when you eat it, you feel like you're sinning. But, but we can enjoy these things in moderation, right? Yes. All right. So that's why we all, we all took a portion. And, um, yeah, tell me know that when you open the refrigerator, if you're watching your diet, cake talks to you. <laughs> Psst, hey. Over here, remember what that tastes like? I'm here for you. All right. Well, Psalm 34 and 8 says, open your mouth and taste, open your eyes and see how good God is. Come on, somebody say, God is good. Yeah. And blessed are you who run to him. We run to him every day. We are running to him in praise and worship today, expressing ourselves today. The ERV says, give the Lord a chance to show you how good he is. Don't give up. Great blessings belong to those who depend on him. Oh, I depend on you, God. I depend on you, God. Ephesians 3.19 says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. I'm so thankful we have a personable God. There's millions and millions of people that don't believe that we can talk to God and God can't talk to us. But we have so many scriptures. To, contra you know, to the contrary, the Word says that God directs our steps. The Word says those who, are, um, those who are saved are to be led by the Spirit of God. Sons and daughters ought to be led by the Spirit of God. The number one way He leads us is through His Word, but also by His Spirit. And that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us today, and as we Ask God for wisdom and the right path in whatever situation we're in. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. You know, uh, it, it, he doesn't always say a word in your heart, but you know one thing that, that, that he leads us with is peace, and that's him talking. Peace is the way to go. If you have no peace, you back up and keep doing what you were doing. John G. Lake said, 
It became easy for me to detach myself from the course of life, this course of life, so that while, many, while my hands and mind were engaged in common affairs of everyday life, my spirit still maintained its attitude of communion with God. Do you know without, you know, you don't want to go to work and break open your Bible and just sit there and not work. No, you work in communion with God. I'm telling you what, you'll become the most productive one. You'll have favor. You'll, you'll, you'll just, you'll be promoted. You might say, I don't want to be promoted because that means I need to learn more. Well, yeah, um, you solve more problems, and then you get promoted. And it's just really easy to see who's going to be promoted over time uh, because they show up before time. Uh, they're not looking at the clock to stop exactly. Three, two, one, I'm out of here. Um, you know, it, it, there's always characteristics like that. But um, something special happens when we all sincerely, as a church body, as we assemble, how many know assembly is required? Sometimes we might come in broken. Assembly is required. Sometimes we're needing someone to stand alongside us and agree with us concerning whatever we're facing. Assembly is required. You cannot get that just by watching online. Assembly is required. If you are shut in, I'm not talking about you. That's the purpose of online church. Or if you're traveling or, or if there's something happening out of your control. Ladies and gentlemen, Hebrews 10.25 says, assembly is required. As a matter of fact, every time you come into a service, something, something is being assembled or fixed or an answer or you, miss, you, you find that missing puzzle piece that needs to, you know, fill out the picture. But something special happens to us individually and collectively. It sort of knits us together because we all love Jesus. We all thank God that we received him by the faith that God gave us because it's a free gift. You can't earn it. Thank God. And when we receive him... We become the same family, and that's why we have to continue to think about the kingdom of God more than we think about our race, our bents, our whatever. And, and all, of, all, all cultures have them, yeah. yeah. All cultures have bents that are not good. We, but so we, we, as the kingdom of God, as believers, I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate, you know, our, our, our um, culture. But the kingdom, when, when our culture separates us from another culture, that is not kingdom culture. No, the kingdom culture means we have a king and his name is Jesus. And there is a kingdom. And there's a way we have to learn. There's a way we have to change. There's a way that we need to walk. And there's, there's, there's so many races out there that just simply need a better experience. Don't avoid it. Provide it. And when people throw weapons at you, no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that I win. Next service? Oh, you better come back. We're doing it next service. <laughs> Man, I just snorted. Did you hear that? 
our family has a way of snorting. I don't know what it is. You know, my family say I snore. I have never heard myself. I have nerved myself. I don't believe it. Oh, boy. But it's all, so, all lonely in my own room. Because they say, man, you, you bark up a tree. What's a really significant snoring sound? You got it. Bear chain. A what? Calling the hog. <laughs> All right. I want you to know no weapon formed against me. Let's go on. All right. So let's go to Exodus 24 and verse 9. And I want to thank you, Kurt, for doing what you did because it, it helped us all get into a better place. And there's a little laughter in the house today. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. We all out our supply. It's, it's a good thing. Exodus 24, verse 9, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of the elders went up to the mountainside, and they saw the God of Israel, that is, a convincing manifestation of his presence. And under his feet was like pavement of bright sapphire stone, like the very heaviness heavens in clearness. And upon the nobles of the Israelites, he laid not his hand to conceal himself away from them, to rebuke their daring or to harm them. But they saw the manifestation of the presence of God, and they ate and they drank. They literally had communion and fellowship with God himself. You know, I want us all to really, really, really get a picture of the Trinity because I've been reminding myself, periodically I would, but especially just now, that greater is he that's in us. He's in us. When you go to sleep, he's there. When you wake up, he's there. When you walk... Here to there, when you work, he's there. I'm so thankful. We're never alone. But we have to acknowledge his presence. And you know, I'm believing God that God's going to stop some services and, and miracles break out. Yeah. Healings take place. And that, that's already happened many, many, many times. But even in a service like this, we reinforce our faith and all of a sudden, thank you, God. He watches over this word to perform it. Psalm 68, verse 35 says, Oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Come on, say it with me. Thank you, God. I receive more strength and more power, and I am blessed. Isaiah 44, 6 through 8 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first. And I am the last. And you better know this. Besides me, there is no God. Jesus is not an option. Dogmatically, you have to believe and know. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one can get to the Father or heaven except through his sacrifice. And again, we celebrate that as we receive communion. What did, a, what did the 
blood of Jesus do for us? Well, just a little bit of a history. In Judaism, Passover or Pesach celebrates the freedom of the Jews from slavery in Egypt. Big day for them. Thousands of years ago, the early Jews called Israelites moved to Egypt where they became slaves of the Egyptians. To thank God, God had a man. God raised up a person. Whenever God sees a need, he'll raise up a man or a woman to help meet that need. Moses was chosen by God to go to the Pharaoh or the king of Egypt to demand that he free the Israelites from slavery. That Pharaoh said, no, I'm not going to do it. So as a result of that decision, you know, wrong decisions open up wrong doors for wrong things to come into our life. I've already covered us today. I thank God for the angels of God and camp around about us. I've already covered us in the blood of Jesus. It's, it's, it's on the lentils of our heart, lentils of our physical facilities, all of our spiritual things. Tell the person next to you, you are covered. So Moses was chosen. He was rejected by Pharaoh. So God allowed the ten plagues or punishments to force the king to change his mind. And the word Passover comes from the tenth plague in which the firstborn sons of the Egyptians were killed. Now again, God didn't do that. There's already already our enemy that comes to steal kill and destroy, but bad decisions can allow that, uh, you know, our enemy to come in and wreak havoc. It's good to walk in love. It's good, I'm telling you, when people are arguing, I don't participate. It's good to stay in the right zone. It's good to, uh, even after you've had a discussion that has had to been sort of leadership-wise, we plead the blood of Jesus over that whole discussion. We had to talk about this, but you know what? I'm into judging myself. So I'm not judged. Now, we have to judge fruit and and different things in leadership. But uh, anyway, the Pharaoh said no. So the word Passover comes from the 10th plague in which the firstborn sons of the Egyptians were killed. The Israelites were spared from the plague because Moses had told them to mark your doorposts with the blood of a lamb so that the angel of death would pass over them. The book of Psalms, Psalm 91 says, No plague shall come nigh our dwelling. No COVID shall come nigh our dwelling. No plague or whatever. It just won't. No matter what the weapon is, I want you to know. I want you to know we win. So the Pharaoh said no, and the Israelites were spared because of Exodus 12, 13, says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Thank God for divine protection. But also, I see divine healing. If they were struck with that plague, that wouldn't have been good. So the sons of Egypt's Pharaoh died from the plague. And in his grief, Pharaoh ordered Moses and the Jews, get out of here. (laughs) I'm done. Get get out. Leave, Leave Egypt. 
Now, in the Old Testament, we can see that Israel looked back to the Exodus through the Passover meal. Now, in the New Testament, we look back to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for us to protect us, to cover us, to to forgive us, to, to heal us, to spare us from harm. And as often as you eat this new Passover meal, we remember our great exodus. We are taken out of a pit. We are placed right on the rock, and his name is Jesus. I believe we're having more clarity of of the significance of communion, and I really want that. Colossians 1.12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion with it, which is the inheritance in the saints, God's holy people in light. The Father has delivered us and drawn us to himself out of the control and out of the dominion of darkness, and he's transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have our redemption through what? We have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. Redemption means that there was a payment made to secure our release. And that payment, it, you could have collected all the oil fields, all the jewels, all the, di- all the wealth of the whole world will not purchase and redeem one soul. It took Jesus. It took God sending his only innocent, spotless lamb of God to die for our sin. And on the third day, God raised from the dead after he paid our death penalty. Let me give you a quick illustration here. Of, at the close of a service, an intelligent-looking man came to the minister and said, I, I don't see any necessity for the blood of Christ in my salvation. Man, it just makes me feel bad saying it. He said, I can be saved without believing in or taking or talking about his blood shed for me. The minister, you know, probably react like I did. By, you know, he, the minister said, very well, how then do you, do you propose to be saved? Now, the man answered, well, just by following Jesus' example. Now, is that, is that a good thing to do? Yeah, but just by following his example, but not being born again yet isn't enough. The minister replied to his, his surprise, I suppose it is right now that you propose to do just that in your life. Follow the example of Jesus, he answered. He said, I do. And I'm sure that'll be enough. And the minister then continued, I'm sure that you will want to begin right where the Bible says that Jesus, who did no sin, nor was any guile found in his mouth. He was sinless. So I suppose you might go ahead and start, begin there. How many have ever missed it with your mouth? You better raise your hand. (laughs) When you mature in God, that's about the only, well, that's one of the greatest ways we miss it. How How many of you guys lived a sinless life where you didn't need Jesus? See, that just, 
confirms what we're talking about by the Spirit of God. This is something. He said, you can say this about yourself, can't you? And the man, visibly, he was embarrassed. He says, well, I, I can't say that exactly. I've sometimes sinned. So the pastor then added, then my friend, it appears that you don't need just an example. but You need a Savior. And the only way your sins can be forgiven is by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God. Thank God. It's only by the innocent blood of Christ that we have remission of sins. Wiping out as though they never existed. Charles Spurgeon said, morality may keep you out of jail, but it takes the blood of Jesus to keep you out of hell. I don't care how good you are. I, I, know, I, I know a fair amount of good people that all they had to do is receive Jesus, and that would just be great. You cannot get good enough to get God. You get God. He makes you right and good. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, In Christ, God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong, so we could put, he could be, so we could be put right with him. Say that again, I jumbled that. In Christ, God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong, so we could be put right with him. So Jesus, I thank God, he's our Passover lamb. Matthew 26, 28 says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So when God sees the blood of Jesus upon you, he passes over our sins, and so we are saved. And, and also, he keeps us from wrath through the Lord Jesus Christ shed blood for us. And as we receive communion, we're reminded of the cup of the blessing of the remission of sins. Acts 20 and verse 28 says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourself, and take heed to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. You can't call yourself into the ministry. You, 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 you can't and, and succeed. You just can't. You can't just start a Bible study in your home without a calling upon your life submitted to the church. It's dangerous. I said it's dangerous. We all need covered. And we are very covered here at Harvest Church. But feed the church of God which is purchased with his own blood. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus. Give me a figure, an amount that would be equal to Jesus' life and his blood that was shed for us. What kind of price is that? Wow. You can't put a number to it. And, and just... Um, Looking at 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from the vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious 
blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. The redeemed are dependent on God for all that we have, for all that we have. And I'll conclude with this, and uh, we'll get ready to serve communion. But back in 1830, George Wilson was convicted of robbing the U.S. mail, and he was sentenced to be hanged. How many know that someone that was getting ready to rob the mail, they'd probably think a second time? Decisions have to have consequences. Sometimes we'll watch real-life um, forensic-type shows, and it's real life. And, and, it, and it, they get to the sentencing, and, and the crime was so bad, sometimes the sentence is so light. I don't get that. I mean, I, I believe people can change. But if they don't change, we don't need them back on the streets. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, this, this um, person did rob the U.S. mail, and he was sentenced to be hanged. And now President, President Andrew Jackson issued a pardon for this man. But you know what? He refused to accept that pardon. The matter went to the Chief Justice Marshall, who concluded that Wilson would have to be executed. Listen, a pardon is a slip of paper wrote for Marshall, or wrote Marshall, but the value with which it's determined is by the acceptance of the person who is being pardoned. And if they refuse, they must be hanged. Wow. Stand with me, would you? Have you accepted your pardon yet? People that come into services, one of the greatest examples of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when God the Father is drawing you if you don't know Jesus, and you know he's drawing you, and your heart is hungering for it, but for some reason you reject him, that's, that's blasphemy. Not receiving Jesus when it becomes clear, you reject him. But I thank God, might seem sort of funny to you, but when I was three years old, I, I received my pardon. And I uh, might have not always acted like it because I wasn't taught in a church like this. And, uh, but at least I knew Jesus. And then I had to live different, different times through the years that... Um, you know, if, if we had situations we were facing that weren't that big of a deal, we'd just go to a traditional church. I don't mean to badmouth anybody. But then there's sometimes you face things that you're like, oh, God, I, I need some help. And I know our family explored the Spirit-filled church at that time. I didn't understand everything, but I sensed it was right. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads. And, and Father, in Jesus' name, we all are here to evaluate ourselves. I know this morning I rededicated and reconsecrated my life to your calling. Make sure everything was straight and 
We do this on a daily basis so there's no accumulation. If you hear the pardon is ready, you know, the slip is getting ready to be handed to you, will you receive it? Will you take it by faith? Jesus is the only God that lived innocent so he could die for all of our guilt. That's why his execution was necessary. Thank God on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is alive. If you're here this morning and you would like to receive Jesus or accept that pardon, no one's looking around, just me. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. I want you to get eye contact with me and say, Pastor Quine, include me in this prayer, would you? Raise up your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you. This is your time. Another one. Thanks. Thank you, Father. Let's pray this out loud together. Say it with me. God, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died for my sin because He never missed it. And I have. I need a Savior. I'm going to turn away from my past. I'm sorry for all that I've gone through. And I turn to you in repentance. And I said, Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. You're the Lord of the world. However, we have to receive you. phrase that because the word of God says that the disarmed principalities and powers still have influence on this world but Jesus is Savior and Lord over all those who receive him there's coming a day where everything will come back together where Jesus rules and reigns over the world and all the universe Jesus, I receive you right now as my personal Savior and Lord. I take you now by faith. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now, let's all clear our hearts. Let's examine our lives. If there's anything we, you know, anything you know, your conscience is bothering you, you don't have to dig too deep. I'm just saying something comes to you quickly, well, get that right before God. Father, sorry in Jesus' name for whoever needs forgiveness. For all of us who've erred and missed it, we examine ourselves. We judge ourselves so we won't be judged. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I rededicate my life to you. Let's go ahead and take a seat and take the communion elements Peel off the first layer. That glue is something. <laughs> if you're ready, would you? I hear some of you still. 
Take the bread in your right hand. And as I break it, I want to say a scripture. Let's break it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Let's go ahead and take it. swallow that bread, we can say, Father, I thank you that the healing power of God is working mightily from the top of our head to the sole of our feet and in any area that you need to pinpoint. Thank you, Lord. Now the juice represents the shed blood of Jesus that remitted our sin. The scripture says, He took and or he gave us eternal redemption. Thank God for eternal life. So as we look at the juice today, we're just going to thank God that we're healed. We're going to thank God that we're um, forgiven. We're going to thank God that God holds nothing against us because we're right with him. And again, don't, don't, be, um, don't overlook those times where, where God could lead you, like if a person, you might have stepped over bounds or something, uh, get it right. I was, um, when we were at Winter Bible Seminar talking to one of our missionary friends, um, we, we were talking about this particular incident, and, and I just don't even like to talk about people or things and how they've missed it, or in leadership, unfortunately, we have to very constructively talk about things, but also we have, you know, leaven, leaven can leaven a whole lump. You got you to deal with things. So we were talking about a particular situation that is so sad today. And when I left that conversation, I was like, I don't feel too clean about that. So I called this individual, say, I apologize. I feel like I went over the line in communicating with you. And he said, you know what? I should have called you before you called me. So thank God we, we just check our heart. And no matter how small it is, don't, don't overlook that. So I thank God I've been forgiven. Let's drink. Well, I just tie-dyed my shirt. <laughs> I need water. Wait, me? You never know what's going to happen at harvest. Come on, stand.